Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, Dame, Harden, Jalen Brown, Ward is here to tell us everything we need to know about the three biggest questions of the NBA offseason. Plus, the Denver Nuggets, they rolled right through the NBA playoffs, but the West, they have retooled a little bit here, so we'll pick the top threats to the reigning champions. And it's WNBA All-Star Weekend. It's ready to tip off in Las Vegas. So we've got the latest on Saturday's game, the skills and the three-point competition that starts right after our show. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome into NBA Today. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Malika Andrews. And it's hard to believe it's been about two weeks since the official start of free agency, but there's still plenty of questions that have yet to be answered heading into next season. Luckily, we have the man with all the answers with us, senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, always good to have you with us. Let's start right here with Damian Lillard, because it's hard to believe that it was earlier this week that general manager Joe Cronin, he could said that it could take months before we see this resolved. What's the latest with Dame? Uh, Malika, and that's right. It could take months. It could take weeks. I think the the absence of a real deadline lurking on a Damian Lillard trade, there's no trade deadline coming. There's no NBA draft. There's no July 1 free agency about to start. You know, all those landmarks in the NBA calendar, you know, give teams motivation and give them parameters uh, to get big deals done. The next real deadline for any of these teams is the start of training camp in late September. And so I think for uh, the Portland Trailblazers, they don't want to rush into what they consider to be a bad deal. The Miami Heat, the team that is most motivated to try to trade for Damon Lillard, where Damon Lillard wants to end up, they don't want to be in a situation where they're bidding against themselves right now. They look out into the marketplace. They see teams that are... They, they know that the market does not love the idea of paying Damian Lillard uh, 60 million, a $60 million average mm. at 35 and 36 years old, the last two years of that deal. If this, had, if this was a contract with two years left, it would be different, perhaps. So there's no rush for either side to be real aggressive in their conversations with each other. And I think for Portland, you know, they, they're... They're motivated to wait this out and continue to see uh, how do we get the most back for Damian Lillard. Uh, They don't see it as moving quickly on a deal uh, unless Miami came with all of their assets. You know what they're able to trade for Damian Lillard. They're not motivated to have to do that now. They'd be bidding against themselves. Mm, So for now, we wait right alongside them. But, Woj, as you know, Dame is not the only player to say, hey, you know what, I'd like to play somewhere else next season. James Harden also said that to the 76ers. What's going on on that front? Uh, Malika, the the James Harden situation in terms of where we are in the the calendar in July, it feels a lot like what Daryl Morey was doing with Ben Simmons a couple years ago. His asking price is exorbitant. Teams uh, are not engaging 
uh, the Sixers with the kind of asks uh, that Daryl Morey is asking for uh, James Harden. And so that's where Daryl Morey always starts in trade talks, really high. And then over time, perhaps you work him back down. Uh, but like Ben Simmons, I think there's hope on the Sixers side that eventually, at some point, you know, they can get James Harden on board uh, about being in Philadelphia mm. uh, in the last year of this deal, this opt-in uh, that he did at $35.5 million. Now, they may get to training camp, and it may look different to Philly. They may have a James Harden uh, who's not as enthusiastic about his return as they are, uh, and then maybe they get more serious about it. But right now, I think the Harden talks – uh, like Lillard, are going to linger into the summer. Very, very interesting. Okay, Woj, before we let you go, let's check in on the Boston Celtics because they've been eligible to sign All-NBA forward Jalen Brown to a max extension for, what, about two weeks now? And yet we haven't seen that deal come to fruition, at least not yet. What's going on there? It's going to take more time. Uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Glushon, his agent, they've been talking with Brad Stevens, with Boston. Uh, Jalen Brown is leaving the country on Players Association business for a period of time. Uh, they're expected to re-engage again when he gets back. They have time to get this done. You know, this is a deal that would be the richest extension, the richest contract mm. in NBA history. It could be worth up to $304 million. In the final year of that deal, Jalen Brown would be making almost $70 million. And remember, when you're negotiating contracts, it isn't just the, hey, are we going to give him uh, the full amount. Is he going to get the max number? There are uh, trade kickers potentially that could be in a deal, player option years in a deal, payment schedule. So there's a number of other things that go beyond just the max, the super max that Jalen Brown is eligible for. I think these sides will continue to talk, you know, and they have a lot of runway this summer. Uh, to get to a deal. I seem to be sensing a theme for all three teams, for all three guys here, Woj. We're in no rush. It'll get done when it gets done. Adrian Wojnarowski, as always, thank you for spending some time with us right here on NBA Thanks, Today. Woj. So here's what the Celtics could be looking at if Jalen Brown signs that five-year max, as Woj mentioned, worth up to $304 million here. Jason Tatum, he's in the books for three more years with a player option in the last season. And then, hey, look, it's Kristaps Porzingis. He just signed that two-year $60 million extension. So let's dive a little bit deeper into the offseason here and beyond. Welcoming in our NBA champion, Kendrick Perkins, senior NBA insider, our writer, Brian Windhorst. So Woj, he just caught us up on all the headline stories from around the league as we get towards the end of July here. But I just want to take a look at a couple more outstanding questions that you all have because I'm sure everybody who's watching us at home has a lot of similar questions here. I want to start, Brian, in Boston. Yeah, I think the Celtics, other than the deal that the, the Suns made for Bradley Beal, the Celtics have had the biggest offseason move among the contending teams. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, the Heat and whether they do a Dame Lillard deal, but this is really big. They really, really invested in Chris Haps Porzingis, not only trading Marcus Smart, but by signing that extension, as you just showed there, Malika, all that money on their books, it kind of cost them Grant Williams, too. They, they, I know he wasn't directly in the deal for Porzingis, but essentially because of all that money, they kind of had to say goodbye to him. And so they traded away two of their hardest-nosed defenders to really lean into the type of offense that Joe Mazzula wants to run, which is high-volume three-point shooting, spreading the floor, uh, more favoring a higher-scoring offense than, than rugged defense. It's a departure of the way the Celtics got to the finals two years ago, mm. and they are really leaning into it. People were wondering if Joe Missoula would come back. 
That was ridiculous because Brad Stevens is a big believer in him, and he's just made the most significant move since he's been team president in investing in Porzingis and changing the makeup of the Celtics. Are we going to call, Brian, are we calling this a big three? Are we calling Porzingis, Jalen Brown, if he's back, and Jason Tatum a big three? Eh? All right. Well, Perk, it's I been... mean, if they win 58 games, maybe they're a sure. big three. All right. uh, but I, I can't. I'm not there yet. We're not. We're not. We're going to just pump the brakes on that one. Well, how about this one? Uh, it's been a minute, Perk, since we've had a chance to crunch some numbers yeah. with you. What about a percentage chance here? Do you think that new big three, if we're <laughs> calling them that in Boston, is going to be able to deliver? What's the percentage chance? You know what? Uh, I'm not going to disrespect them because they still have one of the best players in the world on their squad and Jason Tatum, who did average 30 first time in franchise history for a player to average 30 in the regular season. I figure they're going to re-sign Jalen Brown. You got Derek White coming back. Don't know the status of Robert Williams, but you still got great depth. Uh, I mean, of Malcolm Brogdon, but you still got great depth and Robert Williams and Al Horford at the big position, I'm going to give them a percentage of 20. A 20% chance. And that's a 20% chance of not reaching the NBA Finals, not reaching the Conference Finals, but winning it all. Mm. Banner number 18. And the reason that the percentages are not higher than that is because, again, I'm leaning towards Porzingis. I haven't seen him when pressed when the pressure is on. And again, Richard said it yesterday. When the pressure is on, we still haven't seen him. So he has to prove to me that he could go in one of the most historical franchises with one of the hardest fan base, hardest media, and play under that type of pressure for his expectations of winning the championship. I have to see it first before I'm fully bought in. But 20%, that's not bad for percentage. No, that's not, that's not terrible. you got to see it to believe it. I'm just so used to you being either zero percentage chance or 100 percentage chance. So the fact yeah. that we're actually seeing something in between, like that's something that's new for us. All right, that's the East. But, Brian, there have been a lot of big additions throughout the league. What's, what's your biggest question on fit for the, the potential between a player and their new team in the West? Okay, so I'm going to say the quiet part out loud here with Chris Paul, and I don't want to disrespect a first ballot Hall of Famer. But the reality, the reason why the Warriors did the Chris Paul deal, number one, was it was a salary dump. It was getting Jordan Poole off of their books so they could create long-term money to re-sign Draymond Green and hopefully Klay Thompson. They didn't do this deal because it was a good fit. Now, granted, they have long needed a guy to, to supplement uh, Steph Curry at the point guard position. And I'm also going to tell you that I was convinced that when Chris Paul went to Houston all those years ago that it wouldn't work with James Harden and he proved everybody wrong that he found a way to make it work yeah I don't love this fit because the way Chris Paul plays isn't the way the Warriors play I think it was a money-based decision but I will give them an opportunity for these Hall of Famers to work but I think that that's really the basis of the reason they made the move well and then there's the question of and I know you know who starts is not necessarily as important as who closes but you heard Chris Paul say that those conversations haven't necessarily been had yet you heard Mark Spears reporting that he's going to start for the first five minutes of a game and then lead the second unit that felt a little bit like what the Lakers tried to do that with Russell Westbrook that didn't really work obviously we're talking about a completely different player a completely different fit perk if we're talking percentages here what's the percentage chance you give Chris Paul to helping Golden State back to the finals back to the finals I've said this time and time again and you know the good thing about working at home in my studio <laughs> I got control over what I do <laughs> I got so 
Read my lips. <laughs> I give them a 1% chance. 1% chance. And it's not because of the addition of Chris Paul. It's because of <laughs> Steph Curry. Anytime he's in, oh, there we go. Anytime oh, he's man. on the team and in the series, guess what's going to happen, Malika? He have historical moments. So as bad as I want to give them a zero, just because of Steph and the way that he's able to dominate, I'm going to give him them a 1% chance. But it's four teams in the Western Conference that I have ahead of them. The Denver Nuggets, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Sacramento Kings, and the Phoenix Suns in no mm. particular order. That's why I give them a one chance. 1% chance. I just... I, I, Truly, Kendrick Perkins, working with you is a joy, and Director Perk is one of my favorite mm -hmm. versions of you. Uh, Brian, let, let's get back on track. Just one more unknown that we should be paying a little bit closer attention to. Not necessarily a Kendrick Perkins read your lips type of situation here. I don't know what you're talking about, Malika. I'm in a gym right now. I can't do what Perk <laughs> just did. This is a this is a this is a gym attached Very to my house. Very real. Yes. Okay. Let's just be clear. Yes. Uh, so uh, we have a couple of star players who had knee surgery this offseason. Kawhi Leonard and Yasa Tenakumpo both mm. had what their teams qualified as minor knee surgery. Now. I am a big believer over the course of 20 years covering the NBA. There's no such thing as minor knee surgery. Perk had major knee surgery. He can talk to you about major knee surgery. But especially with Kawhi Leonard, with all the issues that he's had with his knee, the Clippers have said it's an eight-week injury. Right. How can I possibly know what a timeline is going to be for Kawhi Leonard after what we've seen? So I know it doesn't matter how they feel the first week of training camp. It matters way later. But obviously, i got to see how those guys come back off those off-season procedures. Yeah, because even something that's minor, especially as we've seen in the case of Kawhi Leonard, can become something way more major than even we expected. All right. Is this how we're supposed to do a perk? Get close. Read my lips. Still to come on NBA Today. The Nuggets, they're the favorites in the West. But who is the biggest threat to them running it back? And why Perk says it's not the Golden State Warriors. Well, given he just gave them a 1% Perk Senate. Uh, we've got some also some Summer League highlights coming up for you. Also, Big Perk's top five list of rookies to watch. He's got some deep sleepers on it. You're not going to want to miss who makes that cut. Plus, we're less than an hour away from the WNBA skills competition. Our crew is live from Las Vegas to get us ready for WNBA All-Star Weekend as NBA Today rolls off after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What a way to welcome.
welcome us in to WNBA All-Star. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's been an All-Star start to the career of Aaliyah Boston. This is something that I've dreamt of for years. I got some. She is unstoppable. Young gets a three. an hour away from the start of WNBA All-Star Weekend out in Las Vegas. We have the three-point contest and the skills challenge directly following this edition of NBA Today. And then on Saturday, we got the main event, the WNBA All-Star Game. It'll be on ABC at 8.30 Eastern. And the two teams' rosters, they're drafted by All-Star Captains Asia Wilson of the Las Vegas Aces. And then we have Brianna Stewart of the New York Liberty. So for more on a huge night in the W, here's LaChina Robinson, Andrea Carter, and Carolyn Peck. Malika, Las Vegas is the place to be this weekend for the 2023 WNBA All-Star Game and festivities. And it is hot in the desert, ladies and gentlemen, with temps up to 112 degrees expected today. But lucky for our crew, we are inside of Michelob Ultra Arena. Moments ago, Asia Wilson and Team Wilson were getting some practice time in in preparation for tomorrow's big game. Wilson, the reigning league's MVP, looking to make it back-to-back win as captains in Aaliyah Boston. Yes, hair. The Indiana Fever superstar and frontrunner for WNBA Rookie of the Year. Boston is a starter on Team Wilson and is one of five first-time All-Stars. Welcome into our set. We are here in Vegas with China Robinson alongside the Women's Basketball Hall of Famer Carolyn Peck and Lady Vol standouts. Yes, I said that. And basketball analyst Andrea Carter. So, guys, we will get to the skills competition and the three-point competition in a moment. But let's go back to the game set to take place tomorrow in prime time. Team Wilson is in. Team, team Stewart is in. Drea, I'll start with you. Give me a player from each team that you think could make a difference if they're going to win. Well, I'm going to go with two players that I watched this season calling their games go on heaters and put up big numbers. And it starts with Dewana Bonner. I was there courtside when she put up 41 points on the reigning champion Las Vegas Aces. She has been lights out shooting with incredible confidence from beyond the three-point line. Since that Vegas game, she's averaging 21 points per game on 45% from beyond the arc. She could make a big impact today. And then Satu Sabali watched her put up 27 and 15 against the Washington Mystics. The Mystics were a little undermanned, but you could not take anything away from Satu's high motor, how fast she plays, the energy she plays with in an all-star game like this, that can make a big impact as well. Well, the two players that I'm looking at are on the same team, and one of which is Chelsea Gray. Remember, she got snubbed last year. Well, that was really igniting the fire for the rest of the season. She increased her scoring, plus four in the regular season, plus nine in the playoffs. Her three-point shooting went from 29% to 40% to 54%, and she's been working on some special dimes that she's bringing to the All-Star game, so I can't watch it. And then you've got Arike Agumbawale. Remember the last time the All-Star game was here in Vegas? Well, she put up 26, and she was the MVP of that All-Star game. And you don't have to ride, you don't have to run an offense for Arike Agumbawale. She can create her own. There are going to be a lot of highlights coming off of that duo. Well, let's talk 
game rules because the WNBA did announce that they're bringing back the four-point shot. There is again a 20-second shot clock, so not a lot of time to get that offense cooking. And then once again, there will be no free throw shot. The team will be awarded that number of free throws, but there will be free throws taken in the last two minutes of the All-Star game. So, CP, I start with you. Which team most benefits from those rules? The team that's going to take those shots from those four-point shot circles. You've got Kelsey Plum can do it. Arike Agumboale. Ryan Howard has replaced Elena Deladon. And on Synergy, she averages the most shots made from 25 feet out. So, hey, watch out for Yeah, Ryan. I'll give you another stat. I looked at all the players that knocked down shots from 24 feet and beyond. Out of the top 15, Team Wilson has six of those players. So I do think that that rule is going to benefit them. And then that short shot clock in the starting lineup, Team Wilson has three guards. Those high-paced guards are going to play really fast with that short shot clock. All I know is you got to start guarding Enrique Gumbawale off the bus. So I, I don't know. See you guys a little bit later in the show. Well, China, thank you. We'll be back with you in just a little bit. Still to come on NBA Today, the Nuggets, they run the West, we know, in the NBA. But several teams, they made some major offseason moves. So who's the biggest threat to the reigning champs? We discuss. Plus, James Harden still in Philadelphia. But how would he look in Los Angeles? Hmm. I mean, what if the Clippers made a little move here? Would Harden make them contenders? Interesting. And Big Perk, he's got a big list of rookies to watch. And spoiler alert, I hear Victor Wembanyama is not number one. What? All right, stick around to see who Perk has at the top of the list. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to NBA Today. Here are the highest win totals among the West teams. We have the Nuggets first 
53 and a half, followed by the Suns at 51 and a half. And then we have the Golden State Warriors in third at 48 and a half. The Lakers, they round out the top four at 46 and a half. So back here with Brian, with Perk. So outside of the Denver Nuggets, the Suns, right? They're the only team with a win total of projected to be over 50 games out west. Who do you see as the biggest threat, Perk, to Denver in the Western Conference? <laughs> the team that got a big three, the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, KDD, Book, and Bradley Bill. And if you want to sprinkle a little DeAndre Ayton in there, then damn it, do that too. But listen, this team is going to be in, unstoppable when it comes to offense. And I could just see on any given night, any one of those guys are capable of going for 50. And when you have that, you're going to put yourself in the best position possible, especially in the regular season, of winning games. I actually see the Phoenix Suns this year winning 60-plus games in the regular season. I think the camaraderie is going to be there. Frank Vogel going to have them locked in. And we're definitely going to see a different version of DeAndre Ayton. Brian? Yeah, so I think it's, Malika, it's the team that was the most, the biggest threat to them in this year's playoffs, which was the Suns. You know, that was 2-2 after four games, and then the Nuggets went 10-1 and on their way home to the title, one of the more impressive runs we've seen in recent history. And that, that Suns team has obviously upgraded their star capability and their depth. So I think Denver is firmly installed as the favorite, but Phoenix was already the closest team behind them, in my opinion. They gave them a tougher series than the Lakers did. Yeah. And I expect them that they would give them a tougher test uh, this upcoming season as things stand right now, too. I think I'm still going with, even with the Suns as, as a threat, I still think I believe in the Denver Nuggets the most. I know I was asking who was the biggest threat, even though with the loss of Jeff Green, with the loss of Bruce Brown, they just feel like I saw Jamal Murray at the ESPYs. They're chilling. They feel really good about coming back uh, and defending their title. I was wondering if either one of you would pick the Lakers because they're currently projected at 46 and a half wins. They've gone under the total nine of the last 11 seasons that they've completed. Uh, that does not, though, include the shortened 2020 championship season. And, Perk, I know you, you like a lot what the Lakers have been able to do this offseason. They haven't hit their over since LeBron James joined the team. Do you think they're going to buck that trend? Do you think they're going over 46 wins? Where do they fall here? Oh, for sure they are. Okay. I think they're going to hit, you know, 52 to 53 wins this season. Anthony Davis have, have something to prove. I believe he's going to come back in better shape. I feel like he's going to come back stronger. Um, and now guys know each other. And I know it's a short stint, but when you bring back the core, uh, the core group, now they know the system. Rui Hachimara is going to come back a better player. You, you now added Torian Prince, and now you have a guy that can also come in off the bench if, if he's not starting this in some games and Gabe Vincent who has proven to be a guy that can actually be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. So I'm going with, you know, 52 to 53 wins when it comes to the Lakers. LeBron James, Brian, you know as well as any reporter in this business. Where do you see the Lakers falling this year? I mean, how can you go against that data? How can you go? How can you bet the over? They're begging you to take the over there. They keep changing putting it. that number there. They're <laughs> right. begging for for Perk to advise them to do it. In fact, I think it's already even crept up yes. a couple of wins from where the line opened uh, a couple of weeks ago. I would just say, by the way, never bet the, on anything on the Lakers because you're ne even if you're right, <laughs> it's always going to be a bad price because the, the the casinos completely skew it. 
Um, what these totals, and it's not just the Lakers, what these totals are reflective of is what the what the sports books perceive as a high parity Western Conference. The Lakers can be a much improved team than they were from a year ago and still only go for only go 46 and 36 because there's going to be so much more competition. The Houston Rockets, who were, you know, a speed bump throughout all last season, they're going to win a lot more games this year. They've improved drastically. The, the Spurs, you played the Rockets and the Spurs, you could pencil in three or four wins on your on your totals. That's not going to be the case this year. Wembenyama is going to be is going to help them. The bottom is going to raise up a little bit. So I can both agree, I, I can both say that the Lakers are going to stick with on the under yeah. and say that they'll still be a contender for the West. Those things can both be true. By the way, you're right, Brian. I think something to the tune of 43 three and a half wins is what the Lakers opened at and then everyone said nope over 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 and the line has already moved up so we'll see if it continues to move there uh the Lakers mm-hmm. their win total is out the majority of the win totals are out but there are four teams that are not I bet you can guess the Blazers the Heat the Nets and why would that be well the Dame Lillard <laughs> James Harden effect right can't know exactly how many games those teams are going to win if a major domino could fall a player like James Harden could potentially raise the ceiling for a team like I don't know the Clippers. So, Perk, do you think the Clippers need James Harden to be true contenders here? I don't. I don't. And and here's why. And if I'm James Harden, why would I want to go to the Clippers? The Clippers were eye candy for James Harden and attractive before they re-signed Russell Westbrook. And now all of a sudden is I'm starting to look at it and James Harden was a, a little disappointed last year with his role in the average 20 and what 10 and a half assists led the league in assists so I don't know what James Harden want but if he go to the Clippers I feel like for himself he will be in a worse situation than he would be for us playing alongside Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey so if I'm the Clippers since they re-signed Russell Westbrook I'm not big on getting James Harden. Hmm. And if I'm James Harden, I'm not big on getting traded to the Clippers. Well, and we saw the connection, the two-man game between James Harden and Joel Embiid on full display. When you think the Clippers, Russ, I'm not sure how much, you know, playing alongside each other, if that would work. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I think they absolutely should try to get James Harden. I think they will continue to try to get him. And and here's why. They just, they, they need more because they haven't been able to keep their guys healthy. And there's so many times over the last three years where I thought the Clippers were finally going to do it, including this year, Malika, when I watched Kawhi dominate game one against the Suns and Ty Lue put out a great game plan. I was like, man, the Clippers might might do this. They might make a run here. Bam, Kawhi gets hurt again. They need the star mm. redundancy. And, and I, they, don't, they don't have a choice of like seven different guys to trade for. This is a guy I think that they can get. And Russ is just going to have to deal with it if they get James Harden. Russ is at a point in his career where he's going to have to fit into a role. I think he understands that. He just took a $35 million pay cut for a $30-some million pay cut from last year to this year. The reason he did is he's not the same player as he was on his last contract. I'm not as worried about that. I'm worried about can the the the, the Clippers stay healthy and have Harden as a complement instead of a fill-in for one of those guys. Perk, you look perplexed. But, but Wendy... I I disagree just a little bit because remember the roller coaster that the Lakers were on last year when they asked Russ to buy into a lesser role, and then all of a sudden he go into the Clippers, and now he was he was able to be the Russ of old. So I don't know if Russ has fully bought in to saying just because his his paper then got cut short. I don't know if his mindset is there to say you know what I'm going to take a lesser role and sacrifice for the betterment of the team. But I think. 
I, I think most many people would agree that having James Harden at this stage of their careers is more valuable than having Russell Westbrook. And I, you know, however he wants to handle that is, is fine. But I, 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 think, and I think that's why the Clippers are trying to investigate, trying to make something like this happen. They also have kicked the tires on Dame Lillard. I don't think that they're in the driver's seat there, but you know, they've sniffed around Dame Lillard and, and definitely shown interest in Harden because I think they know that they need the upward mobility that Harden can give them that they can't necessarily get with Russ. Well, particularly as the Western Conference has gotten tougher and we know that Balmer, he came here, he, 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 he built this team along with everyone in the Clippers front office to win and because of health and various reasons that that hasn't happened yet but as Woj reported earlier this is a process especially with James Harden that we could see playing out for several weeks if not a little bit longer gentlemen thank you still to come on NBA Today hey Perk I hear you have a big list of rookies to watch this season and I've been told we're not going to believe who is not number one on this list somebody completely left off interesting When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're underway in Vegas. Gets bigger and bigger every year. Oh, Torrey Eason doing some damage to the rims here in Vegas. Shaden Sharp says, put you on a poster, big fella. Oh, Max! With maximum effort. Rolls one up in the air. Smith caught it for the win. An improbable Summer League opening victory. Well, I just got a welcome to the NBA moment right there. Looked at his wrist, he got time today. Let's do a little coast-to-coast on this fine Friday Summer League edition. And let's start here. The NBA recently implemented a rule to try to curb instances of flopping by assessing technical fouls. And we got a little taste of it last night when Lester Quinones got called for exaggerating contacts. So, Perk, what do you think? This rule change is a good one? Absolutely. We could could clean up all of this for next season. So, you know, guys could have... Guys have to sit down and shuffle those puppies. No bailout calls. I might miss... I might miss some of the videos. They make me laugh a little bit. But uh, a change that has been <laughs> tested in the All-Star game and the G League that's made its way into Summer League is the Elam ending, right? Last night's game winner by Jalen Wilson was the third instance of a new-look overtime rule in Las Vegas. So, Brian, do you think the regular season should adopt an Elam ending for OT? 
No, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I think it'll remain a novelty, but nobody asked me and nobody's asking for this, but I'd like to propose reducing overtime from five minutes to three minutes. Oh. I'd like to even go to two minutes, but I guess I'll stick with three. What happens is, Maliko, these games have huge intensity to go to overtime, and then they, they immediately fall in intensity because there's five minutes left. Plus, it's late. Everybody wants to get on with their lives. It's not the finals. It's just a game in February. Let's do it in three minutes. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait uh, because it was not adopted this year. I love it. Well, a rookie who stole the spotlight last night was the Rockets' first-round pick, Cam Whitmore. The rookie forward had 26 points, tied a summer league record with eight steals. So maybe making teams regretting passing him up a little bit on draft night. Today, we'll have an NBA 2K24 Summer League quadruple header for you. It starts at 5 o'clock Eastern on ESPN2. And then we're going to head over to ESPN for the final three games of the night with Perk. Summer League, it's entering its final stretch this weekend, so there's no better time than to do a big list for you, Big Perks. So can you please run through Big Perks' big list of rookies to watch here? Let's get it going. You already know it's time. And again, this is Big Perks' big list. Not your <laughs> list, not Wendy's list, not Richard's list, but my list. Coming at number five, bam, right there, Jordan Walsh. Taken in the second round by the Boston Celtics, he has been phenomenal in the summer league. Who need Grant Williams when you got Walsh in the building? His ability to stretch the floor, knock down three-point shooting. I believe he's going to play quality minutes, and he's relentless. He don't care. Plays with a ton of energy, a ton of passion. At number four, we rolling it right here. Run it. Bam! Let's put it up there. It's another rookie. A rookie from Orlando. A Texas boy. Anthony Black. 6'6 PG with the fluffy hair. He got dimes. <laughs> he got court vision. He got the handle. The craftiness. He's Ooh. going to put pressure on subs. Cole Anthony at that point guard position. This was a great pickup by the Orlando Magic. I could see him setting up Ben Carroll right now for lobs and dunks and backdoor cuts, making his job easy. And number three, another rookie I love so much. We taking it down to, what is it, Mo City, Motown City, whatever it is, Temptation, five heartbeats, bam, running, here we go. Right, oh, I'm wrong. San Antonio Spurs, Victor Wimbayamba. That's who's at number three. We going down to the rodeo. I gave it away too early, but I'm back. Victor, I feel like he's going to go out there. He's going to average between 15 and 18 points, but I feel like he's going to hit some bumps and bruises. It's going to be a lot of games that he don't play, and he's still adjusting, still got to get stronger. But here we go. We talk about Motown, Detroit. We Detroit talk about the running at number two. Bam! A sword Thompson. Ooh, they got them one. Troy Weaver did his thing with this kid. You talking about the overtime league producer, great product. This kid does it all. You want points, he could get a bucket. You want rebounds, he's doing that. You want block shots, he's all over that. On the defensive side of things, steals, relentless. Look at the offensive tenacity on the glass. I love it. And at number one, my rookie of the year, a franchise that I hold dearly to my heart. Sam Preston did his thing. He, we didn't get an opportunity to see him play last year, but running, bam! Chet Holmgren, that's who is my rookie of the year this year. Did you see him in summer league? 
Did you see what he's capable of doing? You want to put him at the five position? He could pick and roll. He could pick and pop. He could take you off the dribble. He could finish around the basket. He has elite handles. Look at that slippery eel. And let's not forget what he brings on the defensive side of things. Willing to lay it all out on the line and defend the basket. This is my big list <laughs> of big rookies that I expect to be doing big things this upcoming season. Did you say slippery eel, Perk? Yeah, the, the slippery best. eel. The yeah, that's the slippery eel You're right You're the best. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'd, I'd rub my eyes, but I don't want Giovanna, our wonderful makeup artist, to get mad at me. I'm just, if we could put his list back up. Did I not see Scoot on that list, Brian? I know it's, this is Big Perk's list. This isn't Brian Windhorst's list. It's not Malika's list. But no Scoot? Brian, what do you think of his list? Yeah. I got to get out and trademark Slippery Eel before somebody else gets to it first. Uh, that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, Scoot Henderson is going to have a big role. But I applaud Perk for putting Chet Holmgren up there. Mm. The Thunder were sort of a shot blocker, basket defender away from being a playoff team last year. They got that guy, and he can score too. The Slippery Eel. My God. The Slippery Eel, Perk's favorite for Rookie of the Year and a nickname that we are not going to forget. Kendrick Perkins, thank you so much for your big list of big rookies to keep an eye out for this season. Still to come on NBA Today. Absolutely. Dwayne Wade going into the Hall of Fame next month, but he just made a big-time move before that, joining the ownership ranks in the WNBA. We'll have all the details next. It's Slippery Eel Friday. Let's get to a developing story out of the WNBA. Three-time NBA champion and 13-time All-Star, Dwayne Wade is joining the WNBA's Chicago Sky ownership group, according to ESPN's Alexa Philippou. Now, this isn't the first pro sport ownership endeavor for Wade. He has a stake in both NBA's Utah Jazz and MLS's Real Salt Lake. And the Sky, they joined the WNBA in 2006. They've been one of the most successful franchises over the last decade, making the playoffs eight of the last ten seasons. They just won the title two years ago and currently they hold the eighth and final playoff spot. And when it comes to the sky, wait till ESPN, that partnership just makes sense. Let's get it back to Las Vegas. Thank you so much, Malika. Now, Andrea and Carolyn, this is huge news for the Chicago Sky. This is an organization that had many tumultuous years prior to winning the WNBA championship in 2021. And then after that, the departure of some key players due to free agency, Candace Parker, Courtney Vandersloot, no longer there. And just as of last week, they announced that their head coach and GM, James Wade, is stepping down. But here comes a new Wade, and <laughs> Dwayne Wade, a Hall of Famer, Chicago native. Carolyn, what does that mean for this organization? Well, number one, it's a legit community connection because Dwayne Wade is the son of Chicago, so you got to know the city's going to even get more entrenched into this team. But also, a financial commitment is extremely important. When you look at what the Aces have done, New York, Seattle, Indiana's up the ante a little bit as well, but in order to for your teams to win in this league, you have to invest. You've got to have the resources for practice facility and for training uh, to help their bodies recover. These women need that. That's where free agents are going to go. Yeah, that's one of the things that Candace Parker talked about in coming to Las Vegas. The facilities, having her own locker in the practice facility and being able to go to the same space every time. Those things 
make a difference. One of the biggest reasons this is an important move for Chicago is because Kalia Copper is a free agent in this offseason. She's going to decide where she wants to go and whether or not she wants to stay in Chicago. I think Dwayne Wade being a part of the organization could be a huge key if she decides to stay. They have similar styles of play, his leadership, his energy. He knows what it takes to win championships. Keeping Kalia Copper in Chicago is going to be really important for them to build around to get back to their championship winning ways. Well, they got to look at, too, attracting a coach if they decide to make a coaching change interim situation. It'll be attractive for a coach to come to something that Dwayne Wade is a part of. And what better than to have a player that is lending his insight onto, on how you can successfully run an organization. I can say firsthand in Atlanta, having Renee Montgomery as a part of the ownership group, she has been able to speak to what players want, how do you attract free agents, and free agency in the WNBA is very different than it was yeah. before the new oh, CBA yeah. was enacted, and now you have to entice, and you have more to entice incoming free agents. Well, I was going to say, and just speaking of culture, we heard all season the NBA playoffs, heat culture, how important heat culture is. Dwayne Wade comes from that. He knows it, so he knows how to build that in an organization as well. Well, congratulations to Dwayne Wade and to the Chicago Sky community. Back to you, Malika. Latrina, thank you so very much. I, I just love what Dwayne Wade said, too. You can see it at the bottom of our screen. He said that he doesn't just want to tweet about it. He doesn't just want to talk about it. He doesn't just want to show up. He wants to support the WNBA at the next level, and that's what he's doing by buying in into the Chicago Sky Ownership Group. NBA Today will be back in just 60 seconds. minutes away from the start of WNBA All-Star Weekend out in Las Vegas. Jackie Young, Sabrina Unescu, Arika Gubawale are just a few that are going to be participating in the three-point contest. So without any further ado, let's get it back to Las Vegas and get ready for the festivities. Thank you so much, Malika. Well, we are moments away from those festivities, the three-point contest and the skills challenge getting ready to kick off here. So let's take a look the field for the three-point competition and boy guys steep competition here Dejanay Carrington, Sabrina Ionescu, Kelsey Mitchell, Enrique Gumbawale, Sammy Wickham and Jackie Young. Carolyn who are you taking? I'm taking Jackie Young. Look when I first got with the Aces three years ago Jackie Young was shooting 25% from three. Last year 43. This year she has taken it up to another level 48.5 and it's a dribble up transition threes as well, which is money from the three-point line. Andrea, I know you've got some information that may help no, to make no, a decision yeah, about this. Right? I wanted to rely on some sources and some greats, so I reached out to Allie Quigley, who has won this competition four times. She is the champion of champions when it comes to three-point shooting. I also reached out to Danny Green, who is 
averaging 40% from beyond the arc from the three in his career. They both were number 14, by the way. Ali talked a lot about poise and staying composed and the mental side and how she was nervous for this competition. Danny Green talked a lot about where he had to get the ball from and the physical side of it. So I have a hard time picking who's going to win. All right, well, now you got to pick who's going to win this, the All-Star Skills Challenge. We're talking teammates. Who do y'all have? I got Team Dallas, Enrique, and Tuchman Sonnelly. I'm going Team Atlanta, LaChina, just oh, for you. Alicia Gray it. and Cheyenne Parker. I love it. Well, back to you, Melissa. We are set to go here from Vegas. We'll see you guys in a moment. Well, China, thank you so very much. We're going to get you back to Vegas in just literally 30 seconds. But before we go, it is a bittersweet day here on NBA Today because our wonderful producer, Forrest Gaines, it is his last day here before he heads to New Orleans. Forrest, it has been such a joy to have you with us every day for the last year. We're going to miss you so very much, my friend. And you still can't beat Richard one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, he does not want the smoke. And I want to thank all of y'all, too.